Casey Porter here for DodgerPokerReport.com. Again, another very special guest joins us this evening on DodgerPokerReport.com, Dodger Poke Report YouTube, all of the social media platforms for Dodger Poke. And again, Michael, we want to welcome you into uh, this session and thank you very, very, very much. I know we probably, what, interrupted a game of golf that you got going on here in the offseason, but we appreciate you coming in with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm out in Arizona right now. Um, yeah, got, got around a golf in today, so life's good. Life is tough. Life is tough. An old boy from Wheeling, West Virginia, living the good life in Arizona, huh? Yes, sir. Let's talk about Wheeling, uh, Wheeling, uh, Wheeling, West Virginia, I should say. Uh, Wheeling Park High School. You had a just a fantastic career there. Uh, all-star team uh, from the sports writers two years in a row there in West Virginia, Ohio Valley. Uh, Conference Player of the Year, number two player coming out of uh, West Virginia, I believe, in the year of uh, 2015, if that's correct. Uh, and then, obviously, played for the legendary Coach McLeod. And before we get into Coach McLeod, I, I kind of want to put you on the spot just a little bit here. And I got to say, a lot of people think Coach McLeod is the greatest athlete ever to walk the halls of Wheeling Park High. So, uh, is it Coach McLeod or is it Michael Grove? Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have the argument there. He was, um, from everything I've heard, he was special. He was first-team All-State football, basketball, baseball, uh, obviously drafted by the A's uh, way back when. But uh, I like to think I'm in the conversation, though. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. And, and one thing that, that uh, you know, I've been in the coaching industry myself for 30 years, and one thing that, that really strikes me about you is your sense of of pride in your community, your sense of home, you know, uh, uh, from at least the way that I understand it, you go back and throw bullpens to the, the catchers there at Wheeling Park High School when you when you had time in the past, especially when you're at West Virginia, uh, throw BP to them. You show up at state tournament games when you have time. So uh, just talk about growing up in Wheeling, West Virginia, just, uh, you know, just a, the perfect mid-sized to small town in America, growing up, getting to play for your high school, being such a star there. And just your amateur career and your and your high school days. Yeah, um, like you said, it, it, it's really the epitome of you know small town, kind of like Friday Night Lights type of uh, of town. And you know, I was lucky enough to play football and, and experience that. But um, but honestly, there's not a ton of people from my city that play professional sports. There are a couple uh, that play in college, Division One. Um, so for me, I get to go home and see all my friends and see everybody and everybody's really excited about what I'm doing and everybody pays attention. And, um, and there's just not a whole lot of, a lot of people that come out of wheeling and, and have the opportunities that I've had. So I definitely take that to heart. And anytime I have an opportunity to kind of get back or, uh, be around and just be someone that people can talk to, um, kind of guide, guide people. If they have questions, it's, I always, I, I like that opportunity. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, obviously that sense of community that you just heard Michael talk about in his last answer there led him to go to uh, the local university, what I call the local university. Me being a guy from Oklahoma, you know, that, that small town, go to the local. I'm, I'm a big Oklahoma State fan. Go to the local university and help them as much as you can. Attended West Virginia and really took off at West Virginia. And, you know, you go from Coach McLeod to – Randy Maisie. I mean, man, you have had some tremendous coaches. And then obviously Steve Sabins is there at West Virginia. Mark Ginther is an Oklahoma boy. Great coach. So you went from one great coaching staff at Wheeling Park High School in Wheeling, West Virginia, 
to another great coaching staff with with Coach Maisie and the group there at West Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I was not there with – I think Ginther's first year was the year I got drafted. Um, but with Maisie and Sabins, uh were there my whole – my whole tenure. Um, and like you said, I mean, great coaches. Uh, it was a great spot for me to be. And they really helped me kind of figure out who I was as a player. Um, Cause coming out of high school, I was pretty raw. Uh, I played a lot of shortstop. There were half the schools that recruited me were recruiting me as a shortstop. Um, so, you know, kind of, they kind of identified who I was and kind of saw the future for me and, and what that vision would be. And that helped me kind of create what, what I took on from there into the next level and, and who I am today. So I, I owe a lot to those guys for sure. You mentioned you're a shortstop in high school and I, I want to embarrass you just a little bit and, and just let everybody know that I believe your, your lifetime batting average in high school was pushing right at 500. Would I be correct there? Did you say 500? Well, it was, it was in the mid fours. I was what going, I, was, yeah, I, I was think close. it was about somewhere around 450. I was going to make it sound a little bit better saying pushing 500. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you, you, uh, you're a West Virginia. I, I, my senior year was like 60. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. Uh, and obviously, yeah. you know, to my own horn, <laughs> being that, that shortstop guy that, that, uh, you know, a lot of major league pitchers played shortstop in high school, but, it really helps you be a good athlete right. as far as fielding the ball uh, and playing and, and fielding your position at pitcher. So that's a fantastic thing for you. And, and not only that, you know, you're also a guy that's been on several different honor rolls, dean list, uh, you know, so obviously the, the, the academics were huge to you. And that kind of brings me into my, my next point that I want to bring with you. You know, the Dodgers are an organization. I don't think it's a secret that believe in analytics. And I'm sure you have a lot of analytics at the tip of your thumb every single time that you pitch. And with all of the, uh, you know, the awards that you've won in the past for, for all of your academics, being a smart guy like you are, is that a constant battle each day or is that something that you just absolutely love having all those analytics at your fingertips? Um, it, it's great. Like the, the resource is amazing. And I think that, um, I think that it's very valuable, especially for young pitchers as soon as they get in, because you don't get a lot of it in college. Um, but I think at the same time uh, that you also have to kind of at some point move from, so, you know, you learn about yourself and you learn what makes you good and where you can access the zone with different pitches and that kind of thing. Um, but then there's a point when you have to kind of move on and just compete. Sure. And I think that, um, so I think that it's really, really valuable and really important for development. Um, but then I also think that you have to kind of turn a corner because I had to do it myself where you're not trying to impress the track, man. You're trying to get people out. Um, so I, I think you tailor your, your craft and your game around the analytics and then you take that. And then once you're in the game, though, I think you just have to compete and, you know, read swings and, and, and figure out what guys are trying to do against you. Um, and maybe it's not exactly what you planned going in, but you adjust on the fly. So I, I just think you can't be so reliant or cookie cutter on it kind of to where you're attacking every right-handed hitter the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fantastic. But, and that's I mean, a great answer to that. And, and, you know, every time I ask a pitcher in a professional organization that question, I'm always hoping to get the answer that I heard just from you. And that is that, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's not that it, we don't like it. We do like it. It's very helpful 
but you just simply can't be a slave to it. I mean, you've got to use it in a way that helps right. you. So, I mean, I exactly. think that's, that's a great way to look at it. I'm, I, I love the answer you gave there. But uh, moving on from uh, your West Virginia days, obviously, uh, you got off to a fast start. Your honorable mention, uh, all-rookie team in the Big 12, and then your second team Big 12, your second year at West Virginia. Things were looking up for you. And then, like so many baseball players, especially pitchers nowadays and power pitcher guys like you, here comes the Tommy John your third year. So take us through 2018. Yeah. I believe it was 2018 you had Tommy John. Uh, take us through that third um, year of 17, 18. Uh, take us through that third year of college where you had Tommy John. And then obviously take us from that to getting drafted in the second round, even though uh, you had the Tommy John in 2000 or whatever year it was, your third year of college. Yeah, so well, I, I had Tommy John in 17. 17. Um, it was halfway through my 17th season. Um, so I missed the back half of my sophomore year and then all of my junior year. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, and I'm sure for everybody it's going to tell you that it's bad timing. And it was for me as well, just with not being able or not being able to put my, like an entire sophomore year taped together and all that. Um, and then, you know, missing your junior year, you know, from a team standpoint, it's just, you know, demoralizing because, you know, I want to be out there, um, only out there competing and, and playing with my, with my teammates. But, um, but then, yeah, going into the draft, it was kind of like a toss-up uh, because I didn't have the junior year, and um, I was just talking to teams, and there were a couple that were interested, and I told them, you know, it's going to be first day or I'm probably not going to sign. And, then, and um, you know, the Dodgers rolled the dice on me, and I was, you know, incredibly thankful for that. Um, it was honestly a tough decision signing, but um, I really liked what the Dodgers had to offer, especially from the rehab uh, perspective. So I made the decision to sign, and, and, you know, I think that was a great decision looking back. As a Dodgers fan, I would agree. And obviously, I think the Dodgers took you uh, based on the power arm, obviously a big arm. You've reached as high as 97, uh, you know, and then obviously the, the big, big, big-time curveball uh, that you bring behind that. Now, those aren't the only two pitches you have, but uh, two, bit, two, two big-time pitches for you. But I wanted to ask you, you know, talking about the Tommy John and then you have the COVID season of 2020. So you lose the back half of your sophomore year of college, your entire junior year. Then you get 2019. Then you have to shut it down again. And I know you probably played in some instructional league games, but there's nothing like with the crowd in the stands and at Driller Stadium or wherever you may be. Uh, there's nothing that can replace that or in Morgantown playing in college. So you've had so many stops and starts. And with as big of a curveball as you have, uh, has it been difficult for you to stay in a rhythm or get back into the rhythm? Uh, you know, Tommy John, it is what it is, and I missed a lot of time there. Um, but the the COVID one really, really was frustrating for me, just because you know you played. I played a full year, and then the COVID season, twenty twenty, I was supposed to kind of be let off the leash a little bit and get up to a normal pitch count, and then. Um, Ended up, you know, not happening. I'd spent some time at the alt site, but it's not the same. Like you said, you know, it gets a little bit Groundhog Day-like. Uh, just, you know, same hitters every day. Um, and, you know, you just don't get the same adrenaline bump that you would in a in a real setting. So, um, but I was thankful this year, you know, played pretty much the whole year. Had a couple, you know, blips where I had to miss some time, but uh, made 22 or 23 starts, something like that. So, um, I think by the end of the year, I was way more consistent than I was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and it was 
it was one of those deals to where I just kind of wanted to make sure the people understood that as far as Michael Grove goes, you know, I mean, this, this is a guy that, and I, and I know you don't want to make excuses and I'm not making excuses for, and there's no excuse to be made for anything, but I want to make sure people understood that, you know, going from not pitching for a year and a half to getting a year in, then having to wait, you know, having to, to not do the, the 2020 because of COVID, that's a tough deal. So uh, this 2021 year, I think we saw it with the big Dodgers this year coming off even just a shortened season a year ago. Uh, you getting as many innings as you did, that's a tough deal coming off of, especially as a minor leaguer, uh, not even getting in games uh, as far as being at, at minor league sites. So that, that I wanted to make sure that, that fans understood uh, the difficulty level of that. But we now are in the offseason part of it. You mentioned um, raising your pitch count throughout the year. And uh, to do that, obviously, uh, you got to build arm strength. And, and, and one time that you do a lot of that is in the offseason. So take us through the routine for Michael Grove in the offseason. Yeah, um, for me, I, I really only take maybe two weeks off from throwing. And then, you know, just not, not, not heavy at the beginning, of course. But uh, I throw pretty much all the way from October till spring training starts. Just even if it's three times a week, light. Uh, just got to... Um, keep the arm moving and, and keep focusing on things I need to work on with my delivery and that kind of thing, mental reps, all that. Um, with weightlifting this season, I'm trying to put on some weight, uh, maybe 10 pounds or so this offseason. Uh, so for me, it's it, it really ramps up in December with throwing and, and, and the more emphasis on the mound and on pitching. Um, but these first couple months, I really like to just kind of take care of my body and um, – kind of make sure nothing's bugging me make sure you know i'm really getting after the weight room putting on some putting on some pounds and kind of building for the season spent the entire 2021 season this year in double a tulsa expectations for 2022 do you expect to start back in double a tulsa do you expect to move up to triple a oklahoma city do you have any expectations that way or are you just playing it day by day in the off season yeah i really i really don't have anything on that end i just um you know, whenever we show up to spring training, I'll, I'll probably have a better feel for that, but ha haven't had any discussions on that. Yeah, and obviously being from small to midtown America and making it big like you did, uh, I would like for you to address all those kids that pick up a baseball and a bat and a glove every summer uh, that might not be from the major meccas that, uh, that, that the, the hotbeds of baseball town are from. And, and what advice would you give them to someday possibly be Michael Grove uh, like you are and, and be in the position you're in? I think the biggest thing that you can tell kids is that there's not one path that everybody takes to get to where we are. Um, you know, I have teammates that play Division Two. I have teammates that play Division Three baseball. Um, I have teammates that are small. I have teammates that are big. I have, you know, I have teammates from all kinds of backgrounds and places in the, uh, in the United States. So, um, I, I think the biggest thing is if you're good enough, they'll find you. And if you don't feel like anyone's finding you, then go find them. And um, I just think that you have to make sure they, that people understand it's not one type of person that gets to play. Um, it's, there's a lot of different types of people and just find what you do well and, and you know, get as good at that as you possibly can. Um, not everybody's going to play professionally, but, um, you know, maximize what you have and, and, and let the chips fall where they may. Michael, that is a fantastic answer, and I think everybody got – you know, whenever I talk to young men, you know, you can 
it, you know, anybody can pick up and look at a stat sheet and a box score and all those kinds of things. So when I talk to guys like you, my goal is to kind of make sure that people understand who Michael Grove is, not ne not necessarily uh, just Michael Grove, the pitcher. And I think you did a wonderful job this evening on DodgerPokerReport.com, letting everybody know who you are so they can root for you in the future. And I promise you, uh, I will be rooting for you. I followed you ever since you are in West Virginia. Uh, and then obviously being a huge Dodger fan, following you through that. Everybody here at DodgerPokerReport.com are big fans of you. And just thank you very much for joining us tonight and best of luck in the future. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate having me on. Okay, Michael. Michael Grove of uh, the Dodgers. He was in, uh, excuse me, double-A Tulsa this year. And uh, obviously a very, very bright future for him. We appreciate you joining us on DodgerPokeReport.com again, Dodger Poke Report YouTube, and then all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, thank you for joining us.